0: welcome to cornerstones pastors podcast pastor scott here with pastors brian and matt hey hello we are back in the church library which we talked to you about last time thoroughly enjoyed um and actually so last time after looking around a little bit more we thought after the the fun we had last time kind of pulling random books off the shelf and and matt's apocalypse vhs uh this time we would actually pull books off the shelf that we'd like to recommend because this this library is actually filled with a lot of uh, really good resources. And more than anything, I think a lot of times we access books differently now than like going into the church library. And so we figured bringing titles in the church library to you via podcast was that this is this is how to this is how to bridge the gap. This is how to make it happen. You can like you can you know download this on Kindle. Some of these you could probably <laughs> find a PDF of online. But um so I asked Brian and Matt to grab some titles off the shelf that they wanted to recommend. Brian has w- in, in this is this is like perfect. Brian has one really thick book in front of him. <laughs> Matt has one like six book. six uh six smaller books and a, and a set of CDs. And a set of CDs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's called um, The Great Courses Argumentation: The Study of Effective Reasoning. It looks really good actually. Cool. Cool. So that's so argumentation. What, what about the actual what
0: about the actual books you got there?
1: Well, this one I was going to ask you because it says God Works the Night Shift by Ron Mel. Is that related to you at all? Ron Not Mel. related. But after uh, my
0: book come out, came out, um, I did get like a Facebook message from someone like, I love your father. I've read everything. And so I'm going to read your book, too. I'm like, well, he, Ron sold me
1: one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we, we have no, <laughs> Thanks, Ron. no no relation. But anyways. Thanks, so just to Ron. clarify, I, okay, actual so, so actual book, actual, actual book. book I like so out of the silent planet. This is like an old school out of the silent planet. This is C. S. Lewis's um, space trilogy, and it's uh, fantastic. This is the first. Uh, it's continued in Paralandra and that Hideous Strength. I recommend it if you like any kind of that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. We got Oswald Chambers, Abandoned to God, the life story of the author of My Utmost for His Highest we got I know why the caged bird sings which mm. is Maya Angelou which I think is pretty fantastic and I have uh A Wrinkle in Time by uh, Madeleine Lingle. so that's pretty awesome too we got a little mixture of a lot of different things yeah 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 take your pick take your pick actually put put those four together
0: that's a, that's a great that's a great uh, you know quarantine reading list right there
1: yes <laughs> it is a little bit of you going to argue yeah and you could learn, learn how to argue. Yes,
0: you might have to come. You might have to come into the church library to get. To find, I'm not sure if you're going to find the Never craft know. of argumentation. To be fair, online. I could also
1: teach you. I love to argue. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things. So come on, give me a call,
0: <laughs> Brian. What do you, What do you got?
2: I have uh, the Matthew Henry Bible commentary, which is why it's so big. Matthew Henry was a, essentially a Puritan um, who wrote a whole Bible commentary, and a lot of this is free online, um, and a lot of it's really good. Sometimes the English is a little different. You know, like the phrasing might not be what you're used to. And I know some people kind of think of it as a little bit simplistic in certain places. I find it just awesome. And I think it's really devotional and helpful. And it's just fun to find. And this is this is like an original copy. There's a reason. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason it's a classic. Yeah, that yeah. is
1: that looks. What Does it say what year it was printed? I I do not know. I'm going to yeah. find out. Please look I, in. Not 2006.
0: I, I'm, I'm almost positive it's available free online.
1: Yeah, like, I think so too. Like almost. appropriately so, not. Like yeah, you don't have to steal it, yeah. but I think it's yeah. I think This it's
0: is the 10th American
2: printing in 1971.
1: Oh yeah, that's not that old. Considering how not old only is people 50 years? People don't <laughs> even know how old this church is. We we that's this true. church was started in 1901, so there could I found a news article when we first merged. I found a news article uh, about the sinking of the Titanic. Original news article. <laughs> you did not. Yes, I did. And one about the the San Francisco fire of like 1905 or whatever. They had old I think newspapers. It was a, a six? Oh six. I don't know. I w- I'm a Southern California guy. It happened a <laughs> while ago.
0: So I've got "Living by the Book" by Howard Hendricks. This is actually Pastor or Pastor Bill's like favorite all-time favorite uh seminary professor he never would to say everybody he loved howard hendricks and uh howard hendricks this is just a book on how to basically how to read and study the bible I and mean, it's one that we've we used in the church in a number of different times and, and just a uh, just a really helpful basic resource i also have a vhs a VeggieTales vhs the star of christmas mm. i really do like classic veggie tales and stuff so this but this uh, this actually reminds me of my my favorite veggie tales of all time jonah it, nope it's uh the santa claus one the saint nicholas mm. oh it's a good one yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good one like it kind of it kind of like explains the history like it gives like you a little saint bit of expi- who saint nicholas was like just in a kid-friendly way and it's also got a very like gospel very gospel like pointed gospel-centered message um that kinda, kinda is more like i don't know robust it's the, VeggieTales. I, I we're actually out of the like we're out of the VeggieTales like arena in my household at this point nobody watches VeggieTales anymore. And uh, there's a part of me that misses it. We did we did try to show Amir who's living with us uh what what VeggieTales were and it was like the most like conceptual art. Like to him he's like whoa, like what that it's like a tomato and it's like hopping and it's holding a book but it doesn't have it hands. Like what's He was he was kind of he was pretty weirded out by it.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a an appropriate response. It was a reach (laughs) to say let's make vegetables. You know,
2: (laughs) somehow, somehow, they had to take some liberties, and I I like using
0: yeah liberties like using a fruit like a tomato. All right. Oh my. So actually, today, I would like to argue about that. I actually have a lot of thoughts is, about. There's not really shocker. a distinction between fruits and shocker. vegetables, right? It, like, it is actually pretty
1: hard. Yeah, I don't know if that's a. There's a it's arbitrary. It's all <laughs> arbitrary. They've all. You've been lied to. Uh, fake news. You heard it here.
0: So we we uh, today we're gonna do for we're gonna do part two. We're gonna do part two of our discussion through the discipleship pathway, what it looks like to live as a Christian and and apply the, the fundamentals of the Christian life in this particular season in life. And so last, last time we talked about uh, what a relationship with God looks like and our, how we are called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength through talking to him, listening, internalizing what he says. And, and as, as, he, as we do, he grows us more and more into the image of Christ, um, but our call in this life and, and the basics of the Christian life aren't only about our relationship with God, they're, it's also about, the, the Christian life is also about our relationship with one another, right? This is why the, the greatest command is, l- you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and the second is like it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And so we, we've categorized that in the discipleship pathway into kind of three categories, community, right? Loving relationships with fellow Christians, mission loving relationships with non-christians and calling how we love others through our our various vocations um or or callings in this world and so we want to talk through all that and and we're going to start with community and actually this i mean this is fascinatingly unique in this season when we've been encouraged so much to stay apart from one another physically, it's made some really significant challenges to how we love others and care for others. Um, and so why don't we start, starting with community, starting with our loving relationships with other Christians, wh- why is that still important in a time like this? And how do, we, how do we do that? Like how do we even try to do that when um, logistically it can be so difficult?
2: So there's this book,
0: I don't know. Tell
1: us about it, Brian.
2: It's called Loving Messy People. Oh, that sounds good. It is a great (laughs) title. Yeah. And the book itself is even better. Wow. Who came up with that title? Uh, Scott Mill. Oh, wow. Possible son of Ron Mill. No one
0: knows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. 13th cousin of Ron (laughs) Mill.
1: Is there a pandemic section of uh, Loving Messy (laughs) People? (laughs) Why release a book during the middle of a pandemic, Scott, if you don't have a pandemic section? section. Way to go. Good forethought.
0: (laughs) Swing
2: and a miss. All right. So, why? I mean, this is also something we've talked about on the podcast, give or take, you know, several times because, you know, a lot of these episodes have occurred during this pandemic where we're quarantined. And the idea of, you know, uh, uh, physical distancing versus social distancing, the idea that we, regardless of – the conditions we find ourselves in now more than ever need to find ways to continue, maintain, and deepen the connections we have with other people because, well, lots of reasons. One, it's intrinsic to being human. Um, Like to be human is to relate, to have other, you can't take that away and still be human. Um, It's part of how we're built, how God has made us. But also just as part of all the things we talked about in the last podcast. So the idea of listening to God, uh, you know, learning from God, growing um, in God and growing in Christ-likeness. These are things that are not meant to happen sort of just on your own. Hmm. And so, whether it's through Zoom calls and text messages, through, you know, old school pen pal, bringing back the phone call, like whatever it is, finding ways to interact with other people and to do it in a way that is at least a little bit substantive, even if it's not what it's supposed to be, because it can't be what it's supposed to be right now, it can still be something real. And so, like, pursuing community now is a way of engaging all these other parts of your relationship with God and bringing them to the forefront of what you're supposed to be doing kind of in your life in this time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone, and those things are um, harder in this time. Um, it's I, I, I have felt, I think, very deeply the difference of course between a zoom phone call and in-person interactions and so it makes it really really hard to feel really close and so it's a lot of work in that sense but um we need this we need each other um and i think there's a lot that can be done that there with the pen pal that's really that's old school really old school (laughs) um but I, i think there's something about connecting with other people that you need that connection even the introverts in my life that i know People who are like, oh, at the beginning of this, like, oh, yeah, introvert. Oh, pff, I'm an introvert being inside, not not seeing people for, you know, weeks and weeks on end. I'm fine with that. Even the introverts are starting to show some wear and tear <laughs> like, oh, wow, I need to see somebody. Um, and I would say, uh, you know, at this point, we're you know, we're uh, at this point in the whole process. We're still everyone's following kind of the, the rules and guidelines and everything like that. We're kind of getting to the point where we're going to be able to start seeing people socially distance in person as well. And I think there's reason and um, uh, appropriate ways that that can be done. And I think that would be good and healthy for you. If you um, have a close friend that you haven't seen in, in nine weeks and you want to go to a park and um, say socially distance and talk to them and uh, reconnect, I think that is really important and something that you should uh, think about doing safely. And I we want to encourage that as well. Um, but those relationships matter and they're really important and something that we need to pursue even in a difficult time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's what comes to my mind is the fact that we, we talked about this in our uh, in the session podcasts that we did about mental health about how important this is right and how c- central it is to have these types of relationships but it's not just because we need it right like this, this is also like what we were created for like we were created for community right we were created in the image of a triune god of a, of a communal god um who has existed from eternity past in in three persons. And so to to image him, to to fulfill our our created call in that sense involves relationships and our and to fulfill our, our, our redeemed created call is to do so in, in relationships with one another, caring for one another, uh, helping one another, stepping into one another's lives. And and you know, it's it's a time like this, I think, requires a little bit. Maybe a little bit more creativity, maybe a little bit more intentionality, maybe a little bit more uh, pursuit, um, but just as our, like we, we we can't we can't actually truly survive, right? We, I think sometimes we're like, oh, I'm I'm in survival mode, so I can't do those things. But we, we just talked about how we can't survive without our relationship with God. Like we can't like actually survive without a relationship with God. We can't survive without a relationship with one another too. And so d- doing whatever whatever form that takes. Uh, whatever you can do and I mean one of the things that uh, Laura and I found even just in the last couple of weeks that maybe I I didn't even appreciate for the first couple months of this was just the the power of simple acts of of service and love and sacrifice for one another I, I think I think there was a, a good portion of, like, the first chunk of this whole season where I was kind of like, well, you know what? If it can't be deep and super significant, it's probably not worth doing. Like, I think I – I'm not sure I would have, like, said that, but I think that's kind of how I was operating, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know what? It, if it can't be super deep and can't be super significant, then I, I'm just not going to worry about it, uh, and I'll just wait until it can be again. Um And I, I've learned in some really significant ways that uh, – that the simple, and the um, that that there's something to the gesture and the thought that counts, right? That there's there's love that's communicated, even when it isn't perfect, even when it isn't as deep, even when it isn't everything you'd like it to be. That it, it's worth uh, fighting for and sacrificing for in the lives of 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 one another as we share and show um, God's love to one another as Christians, mm. but. But so, in addition to that, and, and not wholly separately, not completely differently, but we're also called to love the non Christians in our lives. And, and I think this season also provides a whole host of unique opportunities for loving the non Christians in our lives, too. I, I want to talk about that a bit. And actually, I want to talk about that because this is actually one of the things in particular that we've identified as, as we've been praying and talking about the church and like how to help. Kind of lead the church this this is actually I think one of the areas in particular that we've identified that I think we all as a church need to be both equipped in and um, and encouraged to take advantage of the really unique opportunity this season provides to love and care for and show the gospel and share the gospel with uh, those around us that that don't know Christ. I think a lot of people, even when I think about like, okay, what can we do as a church, right? To take advantage of this opportunity. And then there's things we can do in making our live stream accessible and like things like that. But as as we've thought about it, we realize that actually the most significant things that are going to be done aren't centralized. They're not like the church organization doing something that like communicates to everybody and gets everything out there. It's going to be these, unique relationships, these relationships with your neighbors, these conversations you're having with your neighbors that you weren't having three weeks ago, these conversations you're having with your family that you weren't having three week or three months ago. Um, these conversations with uh, even people you run into uh, from a safe distance at the park, right? That like you're where you're like, Hey, like, I just want you to let you know I'm smiling under this mask. Right. And like, and, and, and the connection that that, that brings in, in, in and even just the open doors for conversations and a, and, like we are existing and called to this place as his ambassadors in this time. And we've, if, if we're here, it's because we were called specifically for this purpose uh, by his design. And so we, we have an incredible opportunity to, to live that out.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been some great stories already from this pandemic. There's um, someone whose coworker w- got sick with COVID and um, the member of our church just continued to reach out and talk to her every day. And, shared the gospel with her and became a Christian, and I hope that we. she's recovering now from from the sickness, and I hope that we get to baptize her mm-hmm. in um, uh, a few months when we're, we're back in business here at the church, or, or at some point maybe over the summer, we'll see, but um, there's been a lot of opportunities that seem to come up regularly, whether it's people just poking their head into the live stream service because people are sharing it on Facebook, or I think there's a lot of people that I've heard that are just getting a lot of questions, questions mm-hmm. from neighbors, questions from coworkers, questions from family members who don't know Christ, um, questions about, you know, wh- what does God say about this? What does God say in the midst of this? What um, what, uh, what, what are the things, the the hope that you're holding on to in the midst of this? And I think that has provided just amazing opportunities to love people and have serious conversations. I think sometimes people are hesitant or maybe there's um, some natural barriers to having deep spiritual conversations about the meaning of life and what's the purpose of life and why are we here and big questions to big um, or big answers to big questions. But I think in this time, it seems like some of the hesitation on that has been um, softened and there's a a lot more openness amongst neighbors, coworkers, friends, family, to hearing about the gospel. Um, And it gives you an opportunity as the ambassadors for Christ here on this earth to to share that good news
0: yeah it's it's fascinating I think there's just I also think there's like a there's a deep real hopelessness in the world when in a moment like this uh, all the things that people had put their hope in like gone yeah just like whether it was like the economy whether it was the um, their their political party whether it was their health like all, all these things like that they look to and then they're striving to look to, and it, and it, it does it. it, it brings up all sorts of, of anxiety and, and stress and and looking around saying, well, wait, well then then what is there to trust in? And I think w- one of the amazing things about this opportunity is, I mean, I was even thinking about like the live stream, right? Like, okay, is there more we can do through the live stream to, you know, to communicate? And I realized that it, even if somebody that hasn't ever been to our church or like to our physical church building or who hasn't ever joined us in that way, maybe wouldn't ever join us, it, even if they're watching the live stream, it's because they're connected to someone, right? And, and that person that they're connected to actually I think is is far more, um, has a far greater opportunity to speak, to help answer questions, to help them process through that than, than we do by doing like a centralized like Q and A. I mean, not that we wouldn't ever do something like that someday, but like, uh, like instead of inviting people onto like a Zoom call with the pastors, the reality is that the ambassadors in on your streets, in your apartment buildings, in uh, in your family, it's it's you.
1: Yeah, and I would say if if you're there and you're feeling like maybe there's some people, and and, and I would guess for most people it's just a few people. Maybe there's three. Maybe there's five people that you've been thinking about or who've had questions or. Or maybe um, you know, maybe it's just one who's been reaching out. But if you feel like you don't have the resources or you need help or support in that context, that's where we can be super helpful for mm-hmm. you. We have tons of resources. We would love to provide resources for you, for um, anyone that's asking questions. Mm-hmm. We would love to provide books and provide um, you know, be there as a support network and a help for you as you're interacting with and engaging. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of Christians hesitate on the evangelism side of things because it, it's a little daunting. And so getting it kind of put in your lap and saying, hey, I have questions about what you believe. If you need support and help in this time, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Don't hesitate to ask questions to us. Don't even hesitate to say to your um, the person who's asking you about it, um, you know what? I don't know. Let me check, let me check on that or let mm-hmm. me connect you with someone who— um, who could help you with that, because it would be a, a great pleasure of ours to serve you in that way in this mm-hmm. time. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So so we, we've we talked about community and our loving relationships with Christians. We've talked about mission and our loving relationships with non-Christians and the, all the opportunities kind of this provides. And, and not only the opportunities this provides, but again, like what we were created for, like what we are called for, why why God has placed us here. I mean, I I, I continue to think about that on on my street with the conversations I'm having in the the I'm having so many more conversations with my neighbors um in the last couple of months and um and realizing that like we're we're there I I'm also I mean as far as we know like the only Christians on the block that a lot of them know and so we're, we're there like on a purpose I think it just provides an incredible yeah opportunity but in addition to our relationship
1: with Christians, I, can I just say one more thing about that yeah, yeah, yeah please if you're able to being outside mm. is a like one you should get outside if you haven't been outside <laughs> period. this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to get outside, even though y- you might be um, there, might be some fear and things. I understand that. Um, find a way to get outside, but there's a lot of people out walking about. It's a great opportunity for you for at, sure to just be out in front of your apartment complex or in a courtyard or on a walk. Be out and connect with people. Yeah. um uh, because in general in our city there are already a lot of lonely people mm-hmm. and being locked in your apartment for 10 weeks makes you even lonelier and i think a lot of people are eager to to see you and it's a great opportunity to build up those relationships and to be um be having those safely conversations in your neighborhood yeah, absolutely absolutely
0: okay so Loving relationships with Christians, loving relationships with non Christians. The third kind of component of um, the walking in the world is what we call calling. Um, and this calling is really, it encompasses all the different roles and responsibilities that God has placed us in in this life. So it's, when we think, when we, when we talk about calling, it's not like a specific, like, okay, what's your one special calling? Although, you know, we, People have different special roles that lord has called them to but it, it's all of your roles and responsibilities right your role in your family your role in your vocation right in your job um, other various roles your role as a student um or and and so how do we as a citizen yes as a citizen in the city in the state in the country right that's a it's another one of your callings and so a lot of people's callings have been drastically affected as well in the midst of this, right? A lot of their vocational callings have been significantly changed. A lot of their familial callings, they're not able to do the things they, they, they used to do. And, 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 it's, and it brings all sorts of questions about our relation to government and our calling as citizens as well, when the government's like coming out with new rules. I mean, I, I don't know any time in my lifetime that the government came out with new rules every week. Like that's, that's unique yeah. in my lifetime. Um, so how do we think about our callings, how we love people through our various callings and why is that important and how do we do that uniquely in this season?
2: I think callings, um, one of the hard things with callings is that unless there is some kind of drastic change, you know, a new job or a change in family status or whatever, um, we're used to them and so we tend to know the motions to go through, um, And it's only when there is some kind of drastic change that you're driven back to more than just what you need to get done for these various callings it's easy to reduce them to a to-do list but that's not you're leaving a lot of joy on the table when you do it that way and i think right now the chance to focus on our callings a little more because of the disruption is going there's two ways you can go one way is to just double down on the to-do list and now maybe it lengthened because you're out of your structure routine so i just got to get this stuff done I think that leaves a lot of joy on the table. I, I think there's a way that this can drive you to, why do I do what I do? Why, w- how is this job a calling? How is this family I'm a part of a calling? How is this citizen status or relationship with like the government that I have a calling? How is being a neighbor a call? Like, like, how are these callings, what are they for? Wh- mm. Why do they exist? How do they help me love my neighbor as myself? And when I, when I understand that and just even take, it doesn't take that long all the time, just take a minute Maybe two, maybe 30 seconds to to recenter yourself into what these callings are for and how they're a part of something larger. All of a sudden you step out into them in a way that's so much more full and so much more life giving than just trying to get more done in more scattered time.
1: Hmm. This is a, a unique time to stop and think, what is it that God wants me to be doing with my life? And the, the, the category of calling is a powerful one to say, these are the spheres of influence. These are the, the areas of my life and my community that God has allowed me to represent him well. And it gives you this opportunity to, to stop and reflect on that and engage in different ways, like you're describing, Brian. Maybe um, things are shifted in, in the amount of time you spend or the amount of energy you spend or the way that you do it. But it gives you this, I mean, there's nothing like, Um, A crisis to really reorient and recalibrate your heart to say, no, these are the things God has called me to do. This is what my time and my heart, my energy and my passion is to be spent on. This is how I can represent him well in these different roles and responsibilities that he's given me. And I want to honor him as I do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating, I I think as we, (laughs) I totally had something and then I had a different thought and
1: it like, Vanishing Can you it share both happens. of them? Sure. Oh they're oh they're gone. Oh they're gone now. One like <laughs> one ate the other one. It ate <laughs> did it did it um is it going to come back or is it It's
0: it, no it's there. Okay. So it, here's uh, you know I I distract myself with my own talking. I it doesn't work. Uh, what we were going to talk I almost I almost just did it again. And again and <laughs> third time. We uh, all right. So one of the things that I think is tempting too is to think about our calling simply you said Brian simply just as those responsibilities right just the things we have to get done like okay you know these are the the, but it's not calling exists in the same category as community and mission and the overarching category is loving people Mm -hmm. and so all of these various callings they're not just like your it's not just your job it's not just the thing you got to do it's not just your duty like every and and matt when you ask like okay, how do I stop now and think, like what should I be doing? Right, what should I be doing with my time? What should I be doing with my life? Like what, the, the question isn't like, so that I can make myself great. The question isn't, what should I be doing with my life so that I can fulfill all my dreams, right? The the, the the question isn't like, what should I be doing with my life so that I like, at least feel worthwhile and busy and keep myself busy? Like the question is, what should I be doing with my time? What should I be doing with my day, my week, my, my life? as an outflow of God's call for me to love others mm-hmm. through the the gifts, the talents, the passions he's given me. How do I take those and love others with them? How do I care? And, and and I think I mean it, it just fundamentally changes even for example the the sphere of work. Right? The and and especially the sphere of work right now, right? When not only you are completely out of your norm, but everybody you're working with probably is too. Like so This is an opportunity not just to, to not just ask the question, how do I get my work done? Although getting your work done is probably a part of like how you care for and, and love those around you. But how, how do you, in a more holistic way, care for love, steward your talents, your ability, your time uh, well to to keep your responsibility, or, or to keep your commitments and to, to your coworkers and to, show them grace to show them the kind of grace god's shown you to, to show them the kind of compassion and and the same with uh with your family members <laughs> right the same with um any role or responsibility the lord's given you so with that you both just but to me it's
1: okay you just you just, it was a good thought. Yeah, you, uh, you closed you it all up. it all up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> it all up. I
0: thought I so much. But I did actually wait. to. Way want to go, to, Scott. Is there. that what you wanted us to say? <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I, it's been 10 weeks since I've had a pat on the back. I just, a literal. A literal. The podcast
1: be, champion. That's, <laughs> Scott Mel.
0: What I, what I wanted to, what I want to go, I, I want to go to the same place we went last time, though, and talk about how the gospel motivates this, right? Because we um again it's it's easy to say okay if i'm a christian i know i'm supposed to love people like so i i should be a good member of my community group i should try to share christ with my neighbors i should have a good work ethic and be a loving spouse or a roommate or a um, citizen or a parent um but there's so much more to it than that. I, Brian, you, you talked about this. kind. Of, I think w- when we treat it this way, we, there's so much joy we leave on the table when we treat it as the the tasks at hand. So how is it that the gospel motivates this kind of love for others in a way that is uniquely Christian, in, in a way that that isn't just like everyone else in the world who's saying, hey, you know what? Think of your neighbor. Like, care for somebody else around you. You know, do something nice. Kill them with kindness. Like, how, how is what we're called to uniquely Christian because of the gospel.
2: It is interesting that right now you do have kind of a uni- I mean, you always have a universal message of love, you know, but right now it, it's relatively specified. Like, yeah. like, like we should all be extra kind and extra, you know, extra loving and think about one another and you know, put your neighbor before yourself and all these things. Um, the golden rule is a little more uh, out in the open right now, kind mm-hmm. of across the board, which is interesting because I think that, that can make it seem like it is just sort of, they're all kind of the same. Um, And I think what makes Christianity unique and in some ways is evidence of its reality is that uh, every other way of doing the golden rule always draws some sort of line and always ends up having some kind of turn back to self in it. Mm. So every call to, we're all in this together because if we're not, it's gonna hurt you somehow. You know, we're all in this together because if, we're not all in this together. Then it's gonna end. There's gonna be something that blows back on you as an individual. So we should. We need to be all in this together because that's what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, is mm-hmm. typically the message. Yeah. Um. And if that wasn't the case, then you know if <laughs> if it wasn't about that, um, it, it wouldn't be have the same volume as it does right now. Mm-hmm. And in Christianity, I think one of the things that every Christian needs to learn to do, um, in, in as an instinct, is to have a kind of like I call them gospel reversals or so, like, like an instinct. An instinctual reaction that says anytime I'm asked to do something, I can immediately, without thinking about it, recognize how Christ has done it more for me first mm-hmm. and without me ha- having earned it. So like, no matter what's going on um, from something you know, really mundane like doing the dishes, you know, of course, it's not as, as trite as, well, Christ did the dishes for you. Of course he didn't. But at some point, the idea of serving someone else. He did serve you more than you will ever serve anyone else. And, and you deserved it less than anyone you're serving deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be able to have just like the instinct to go back to. And then when it comes, so when it comes to community or uh, mission or, or callings, the idea is that the entirety of my life is wrapped up now in loving others the way Christ has loved me. And even in the specific sort of instances of that and iterations of it, I can see immediately a direct tie to what he's done for me in my life. And so in a really cool way, what then happens is my loving other people is now a reminder and a deepening of how Christ has loved me. So in the very process of loving other people, I understand more how well I'm loved. It's just a fascinating thing that has is, is become set up for you mm-hmm. when you understand how the gospel functions in those day-to-day kind of ways. And I think there is a lot of joy left on the table when it becomes something that just we should do. Because when that's the case, then there is no depth of love that you're experiencing as, as you love other people. It really is just only pouring out of you. When in reality, the Christian, the Christian has a fountain that is you know, deeper and wider and eternal. You know, the, the, the river of life. You know, like, it, it has the, these ideas of Christ and, and the well and all these things, living water that is fueling us that as we disperse love to other people, we ourselves are, are filled up with it from Christ in a very real and a very present way. And so to me, that's, that's the gospel motivation in the midst of all this stuff with loving your neighbor is it's, it's a beautiful way of you know, experiencing God's love for you, let alone um, being able to spread that love abroad.
1: And, and just like anything else, the discipleship pathway can be turned on its head and used incorrectly um, as, a, not a, as a, a performance checklist, which is not what we're aiming for, but what you just described is exactly what I think is powerful about it. It's what happens when you are motivated by the gospel, clinging to Christ, and you have that well, the the strength flowing through you to be able to l- represent him well and love others in the ways um, and the categories that have been described in, in Scripture that we've tried to encapsulate in the discipleship pathway. So it's mm. not a checklist. It's not something that you're, like, meant to just— um, beat yourself up over, it's about a relationship with God that pour, it pours out of you in these um, different ways. Yeah.
2: And it's probably worth repeating like if you if you as a person cannot stop in anything you're doing during the day and without a lot of effort, understand how the gospel connects to that thing. how Christ's death for you to justify you by faith alone, by grace alone and not through your own effort, fuels and informs what you're doing. Then you are leaving a lot of joy on the table. Mm. And it, it's just worth having. I mean, and that's that's not easy, because our default position is not to cut those trails. Yeah. But I think the more you hear the gospel, the more you read scripture, the more you do these things, the pi- the pathway, the more you see those connections. Mm-hmm. And but it's worth making it a discipline of just like how does, if if I can't do that, then I'm not, I'm I'm kind of walking headlong into lack when I yeah. when there could be some more fullness here, um, that that I'm missing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, okay. Actually, how are we doing on time? Thirty-six minutes and fifty-two seconds. All right, fifty-three. Never mind. We're done. Fifty-four. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, done. I, 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 the, the last point I was just gonna make is simply that 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 through that is how God continues to even in seasons like this, like we talked about before, make us more and more like Christ, hmm. right? It's it, and that we are being transformed through this, and we are and so I I'm actually like like I my prayer is that we don't, in that sense, go back to normal, like go back to where we were two months ago. But that on the other side of this, maybe certain external things go back to normal, please, please, Lord. But, uh, but that internally, like, and as people, that God is, again, God is redeeming this by using it to transform us from the inside out. And that there isn't like a going back to where we were. Like we're, we're gonna come out on the other side of this, not just as people who had experienced it, but as people who had experienced God's redemption through it. And that gives just a, a, a ton ton of hope, which which again is why we are spending the summer t- striving to to equip you in, with tools to be able to engage deeply in your Bible, with God in prayer, internalizing in heart work, uh, to equip you in your love for others, in community in mission and in your various callings by offering the walking in the world and walking with god courses over the course of the summer every couple of weeks and so we we hope that you will see all the promo and emails for that we we hope and pray that you will sign up for that you'll take advantage of that because we genuinely believe it's the uh it's the thing that you need the most right now um, as your pastors and shepherds as we have have prayed and sought the lord over that question in particular um this really it is it and so and whether it's through that class or through your own the 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 own tools you have or, or other things I mean it's not about it's not about the class but it is about uh being equipped and growing in your love for God and your love for others and seeing God's redemptive work um through this uh this unique season that that we're in so we're going to continue to be praying for that and we're praying for you and thanks for this unprecedented this season
1: this unprecedented season deep Goodbye. and wide <laughs> deep and wide where's that where's that song coming from brian talked about deep and wide waters that A
0: fountain was, flowing deep and wide. how long can we do this y- before y- someone y- just y- turns it off you know i've i've i, I did i've done my singing today Matt, it's your turn.
1: Deep and wide. I think we now know Deep how long we've gone before someone turns it off. Thank
0: you for
2: listening. We love you a lot. A Have a lot. great week.
1: <laughs>